What is the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? How do we know who the Spirit is? We know by the Scriptures. We know because the Church Fathers knew what the Scriptures said. And He's in our midst. But unless He is feelingly in our midst, unless He is consciously in our midst, that is, we're conscious of it, He might as well be somewhere else. Good morning, Northwood! It is so good to see you today. It's so good to be here. I'm honored to be at our Gulfport location. And uh, my wife and I, Angela, came down from uh, the God's country <clears throat> and uh, into the valley here in Gulfport. And uh, we are so glad to be here. Uh, I want you guys and gals in the room here today to welcome in our Long Beach and Wiggins locations. Come on, give it up for Long Beach and Wiggins. And I am excited because the next time I am on this stage, I'll get to also welcome in our Ocean Springs location. I heard, come on, yeah. So, so I heard Ocean Springs is in the house today. Is that right? Is that right? We've got Ocean Springs in the house today. And uh, we are so excited from you guys. Let me speak from our Wiggins location to Ocean Springs. We're praying, we're giving, we're cheering you on, and we cannot wait to see what God's going to do in Jackson County through the church that you guys are, are a part of planting there. And so it's so exciting. And I want to also say it's so exciting to be, number one, a part of a church that's, that's got a bigger vision than just one little church on the side of O'Neill Road. Amen? Come on, come on. Uh, famous words from times gone by. Um, but that uh, our uh, lead pastor, Pastor Jordan, along with the pastoral staff, has the vision to plant campuses like what we're doing in Ocean Springs. And so, and here today, uh, a full house in Wiggins. They just sent me a text and said, uh, it's packed, every seat filled uh, that's available. Same thing in Long Beach. Same thing in Long Beach. And I'm looking around just for you guys in Long Beach and, and Wiggins to know that this room is also full of people who are hungry for God. And I'm just so excited to be a part of that. And so have I said that? Y'all got it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it is good to be here today. Look, I'm also excited to be able to uh, share with you the fourth message on what I believe about the Holy Spirit, what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And uh, it has been an exciting series. I will say this, that I, I believe that this series has provoked uh, uh, us to really to lean in, to become more aware of the Spirit's Spirit's presence. And um, does this, can y'all see me behind this? I feel like this is like in front of me. Y'all can see me okay though? Okay, I'm gonna go with it. I feel <clears throat> stately. It's up here in my face. Uh, but, 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 uh, but so we're gonna, we're gonna really dive into the Holy Spirit. Last week, as part of this message series, um, we shared what the Holy Spirit does in me. And I, I, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit does so much in us. And I, I don't want to take you on a quick journey to, to, watch, to watch and see what the Holy Spirit has done in you. First of all, I, I'm, I'm lost and I'm away from God. I'm the enemy of God. That's what the Bible calls me. And the Holy Spirit comes to me and he begins to convict me of sin. It wasn't just me one day waking up going, you know, I'm a sinner and I think I'll turn to God. I was a sinner living for me and the Holy Spirit came to me and convicted me, began to reveal to me the love of God, right? And then the Holy Spirit brought me to this place where I could see not only my sin, but I could also see the redemptive work of the cross of what Jesus did on Calvary. 
and how I needed that for my life. I felt the burden. I felt the sin. I felt the need for salvation. And then the Holy Spirit gave me faith to believe what Jesus did for me. Now you're wondering, well, didn't I have a part? Yeah, you went, okay. <laughs> that was your faith being released, right? Okay. <laughs> That's all I did. Okay. And then the Holy Spirit regenerated me. He transformed us from what we were to what we now are as believers. We are no longer what we were. We are new creatures in Christ, brand new. And that's so important to understand the work of the Holy Spirit and regeneration because so many times we think that we got saved. Let me tell you, if you got you saved, you got to keep you saved and you're in trouble, buddy. So it's the same Holy Spirit that convicted me, that regenerated me and created in me a new heart, a heart of flesh, no longer a heart of stone. Now I'm regenerated. Not, he doesn't stop there. Now he seals me. He is my earnest. He is guaranteeing that I'm going to experience my inheritance in heaven. Oh, he seals me, regenerates me. He seals me. And then the Bible goes on to say that he indwells me. He comes up inside of me. Shares time with my spirit inside, awakens my spirit, speaks to my spirit, continually convicts my spirit. I stood in worship and I repented to God because the Holy Spirit was convicting my spirit. He's indwelling us. Last week we shared that that experience was to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Without it, <laughs> you're not saved. You have to be immersed in the Holy Spirit to be saved. It's him who does that work in you. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. We read in John 14, verses 15 to 17, Jesus telling his disciples, I'm gonna just read it like he's talking to us today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And, watch this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another, what? A helper, that's a capital H helper. That's the Holy Spirit. I'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him. And just envision with me, Jesus is standing there talking to his disciples. You know him because he's with you. <laughs> Here's Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. Present tense, because he's with you. And in future tense, he will be in you. He will be in you. Jesus did not leave us alone. He did not leave us on our own. He assured, guaranteed our success by sending his Holy Spirit to be in us. It is a supernatural experience, this experience with the Holy Spirit, this being drawn, regenerated, sealed, and dwelled by the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a supernatural experience that speaks of acceptance. It speaks of adoption. It speaks of God's authority in our life. And it also speaks of purpose. Come on, somebody say purpose. It speaks of purpose. Today, we're going to kind of unpack that purpose in our lives as we look at what the Holy Spirit does through me. Come on, would you pray with me, Father? I thank you for Jesus that we just sang about, for the cross of Calvary, for the the price you paid to redeem us for the precious blood. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that exposes us to the redemptive process, that exposes us to the love of heaven, that saves us. And right now I'm praying that Holy Spirit, you would speak 
to us. Speak to us today. Let us have ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear, to understand the truth about the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible clearly says that God created us for his glory. And he created us with a purpose. He created us with a purpose, which that purpose is to go to others. We read in Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples, tells us to go into all the world, make disciples, go tell them about Jesus, right? Go preach the gospel. In Acts 1.8, we read this again last week, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my, what? My witnesses. Is this not on the screen? No, it's not. Y'all don't see it. I wish y'all saw this. You will be my witnesses. I'm asking you like you know, right? You will be my, come on, somebody say witness. There we go. There we go. We're playing along now. You will be, be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit has come to give us power, power to be witnesses, to accomplish the work of Jesus in this earth, to seek and save the lost, to destroy the works of the enemy, to accomplish the mission of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has given us power. We believe this, that what God has done in us, he now desires to do through us. This is called the ministry of reconciliation in the Bible. So the Holy Spirit indwells us, the body of Christ. He's with us. He's guiding, he's building his church. He's, he's encouraging us, he's coaching us, he's helping us. One of the elements that we find the Holy Spirit brings to the table in this process of helping us, helping me, helping you, is that the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Today, I want to talk about some of those gifts. And I want you to hear about these gifts. Some of you for the first time, some of you maybe again, but I don't want you to, I don't want you to go, oh yeah, I've heard of those. I want, you to, I want you to hear about these gifts as if the Holy Spirit is here today with a bag full of them, right? Ready to hand them out because I believe he is. There's two types of gifts that we're going to talk about today. There's a few others in the Bible that we'll uh, address later, but there's the charisma gifts and then there's the serving gifts. I want to start with the charisma gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's what they're called, the charisma gifts. We see in the first verse, now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question. So obviously the church in Corinth had some questions about the gifts. Some of you have questions today about the gifts of the spirit. He says, now regarding your question about the special abilities the spirit gives us. And look what he says. He says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Let me speak for the pastors here, Pastor Jordan, the pastoral staff here. We do not want you to misunderstand this, this, the gifts of the Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. We want to bring clarity to NC about what we believe, about what we collectively as a church believe in regards to the Holy Spirit's gifts. Just as Paul was seeking to do for the church in Corinth, we want to bring clarity. We do know this, we know this, that watching in Long Beach, watching in Wiggins, in this room today, even some of you watching online, we know this, that there are are most likely three types of people that are listening to this message right now. There are those of us who've, who've maybe you've been around a little while. I've been saved for 28 years. Uh, I've known about the Holy Spirit for a little over 25 of those years. Didn't know about him at first 
just wasn't taught, wasn't talked about. Uh, finally, you know, I, I heard about the Holy Spirit and experienced the, the filling, right? We talked about it last week, of the Holy Spirit and some of the gifts of the Spirit that began even back then and continue until today. We, we know that there are some of you in here today, you, you, you're, you've been around a little while, you've studied this. Some of you could probably get up here and teach it better than some of us. We understand that. And then there are some in the room today that, well, your, your time and experience with the Holy Spirit, maybe it's been in churches where it wasn't taught much. And so you've just kind of gleaned little nuggets and you still have so many questions. Uh, or maybe you were like me in a church and I kind of say this respectfully, if that's possible. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in a church that was, was it, it, well, it was a good church, about 25 of us. And, and what I remember, what I remember as a little 10-year-old sitting in church was that right in the middle of the sermon every week, and please don't do this today, right in the middle of the sermon every week, every week, there was a lady on the third row outside on the other side. I always sat as far away from her as I could, but she would begin cackling like a hen. That's what it sounded like to me. Interrupt the pastor and he would be patient with her. I don't know why. He'd be patient with her and he would just wait until she was done and then he would say, okay, and he would continue his message. And that was my experience as a little 10-year-old in a, in a church with, with, with speaking in tongues, right? That was my experience. And literally it sounded like an... And I don't know what she was saying, but it sounded like a cackling of a hen. Maybe we should have brought a hen in to interpret. I don't know. But there was, so, so maybe that's your experience. Something along those lines where it was just kind of weird. Let me tell you, people are weird, y'all, right? God's not weird, but people are. Come on, elbow somebody next to you and say, people are weird. <laughs> oh, listen, listen, look. If you're like, well, I don't know any weird people because you're the weird one. <laughs> you're the one that we're talking about. And then there's a third group of people in this room and online watching today in Long Beach and in Wiggins who you've not heard anything about the Holy Spirit at all. And so this is fresh information for you. So we as pastors know that we have a variety of people. And so we are working diligently to bring clarity, clarity about this topic to people. And so we're using the word clarity and sound doctrine are so important because without clarity and without sound doctrine, we as people, right, we tend to drift Drift towards selfishness, drift towards religion concerning the mysterious, or for us, the things of the Spirit, such as the gifts of the Spirit and tongues and so forth. I will say this, that, that we as pastors have spent the better part of five years going through this topic over and over again, sitting around the table. Pastor Jordan, by the way, is, is a tremendous visionary, and we are so grateful for his vision God has gifted him in vision and he sees down the road. He saw that this year needed to be the year of doctrine. And as you know, COVID tried to interrupt that and we plowed through anyway, right? We're still talking about doctrine, but his vision, but then the team sitting around the table, some of the pastors here, Pastor Van, Pastor Casey, and uh, Pastor Stephen, is he in the house today? I think he is. Uh, but, but Pastor Mike in, in Long Beach and, and we've sat around the table and we've, we've wrestled with this conversation over and over again because we want to make sure we have clarity in order to bring clarity to the church. So everything you're hearing today, it wasn't something that I thought up in Wiggins this last week while I was sitting in the office looking out the window at the meadow. And the fox squirrel hopping through the yard, you know. I'm glad you can laugh. Clarity. The next scripture in verse four, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, is the source of, 
of all of them. It's so important to understand this. This isn't gifts that we have. And I, I can't, if without the Holy Spirit, I can't train you how to have a gift. I'm going to train you to prophesy or I'm going to train you to heal the sick, right? No, not without the Holy Spirit. He is the one who gives these gifts and empowers us. Now, there's a broad spectrum of beliefs when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Some believe, some believe that the gifts of the Spirit ceased when the apostles died out. These are called cessationists. They believe that the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost was for the apostles and that worked through the, the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles to, to launch the church, but then the gifts stopped. And then there are a second group of people, those that believe that the gifts have continued. Those are called continuationists. That's who we are. We believe at NC that all the gifts of the Spirit are active in operation in the church today and in the life of every believer today. That's why I encourage you, not, don't, don't hear this as another message. Hear this today, knowing the Holy Spirit is here Peaking your awareness. He's here in Long Beach. He's here in Wiggins. He's here in Gulfport and online. He's peaking your awareness of the fact that he wants to use you to build his church, to build the kingdom of Jesus. We even came up with a doctrinal statement. Let me read it to you, and I, and I hope it's on the screen here for you. You can take a picture. Um, the Holy Spirit is manifested through a variety of spiritual gifts to build and sanctify the church, demonstrate the validity of the resurrection, and confirm the power of the gospel. The Bible list, lists of these gifts are not necessarily exhaustive, and the gifts may occur in various combinations. All believers are commanded to earnestly desire the manifestation of the gifts in their lives. These gifts always operate in harmony with the scriptures and should never be used in violation of biblical parameters. So what's the purpose of spiritual gifts? Let me, let me remind you, I was an enemy of God. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. I was regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then I was sealed, amen. I was sealed until the day of salvation when I see Jesus face to face, guaranteed. I was infilled with the Holy Spirit. He's in me now. He's in me working in me, convicting me. He's now filling me over and over again with amazing moments and experiences over and over again. For me, it's been over the last 25 years in different ways, in different settings, sometimes all by myself, sometimes in a room full of people and you didn't even know and the Holy Spirit was filling me. But he's working in us, so why? What is the purpose of this? Verse seven says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Come on, somebody say, that's me. Come on, somebody, that's me. That's what it says here. The, 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 the spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Imagine with me now. Just pretend, I know this may not become your reality, but imagine with me right now in Wiggins in Long Beach, right here in Gulfport, sitting in your bedroom watching online that the Holy Spirit gave you a gift. You're desiring, you're seeking, you're praying, and now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives you a gift. Everybody in the room has a gift. Imagine with me. And these gifts are to help one another. Can you imagine what this church would look like if each one of us would accept the Bible as truth, and we would allow the Holy Spirit to give us a gift, and then we would literally, I know, it's crazy, operate in that gift to help 
one another. It would change everything. Some, sometimes we wonder why we don't see the move of the Spirit in our generation. It's because we're sitting still. I mean, I'm reading the Bible, y'all. Each one. That's me. That's you. The problem is we don't desire. You know, I mentioned that for the last 25 years, I've experienced the Holy Spirit. Before that, for two and a half, three years, I'd never heard of the Holy Spirit. So gifts of the Spirit were not on the radar. Man, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with this. If you're watching today and this is you, there's nothing wrong with this, but all I knew was Jesus and that's a good thing. <laughs> that's all I needed to get to heaven. I needed Jesus. But until heaven, there's a helper. And I became aware. And since I've become more aware, you want to become more aware of the Holy Spirit. Don't run from the Holy Spirit because people are weird. Run to the Holy Spirit because he said he will give you a gift and power to operate in that gift to be able to help other people, both, both believers to build up the church, but also the world around us to accomplish the mission of Christ. Wayne Grudem in Systematic Theology said spiritual gifts are given to equip the church to carry out its ministry until Christ returns. We have a work to do and the Holy Spirit's here to help us. So I wanna talk about some of these gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, charisma gifts, verse eight, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, wisdom and knowledge. A word of wisdom or knowledge are all through the Bible, wisdom and knowledge. And we should seek wisdom and seek knowledge. But wisdom and knowledge come from the Holy Spirit. We experience wisdom and knowledge when we experience the Holy Spirit. And so it, it may be that the Holy Spirit gives you a word of wisdom for someone or a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, something that you, you give a truth to someone. Maybe you're praying with them. Imagine sitting on the bedside with your daughter tonight before she goes to bed and all of a sudden you're praying for her and the Holy Spirit gives you a word of wisdom straight out of the word of God for your daughter. How many of you like to do that? Come on. Come on. I don't think they're listening. Well, they don't have daughters. They, they don't have, I got a daughter. I got it. I got it. Okay. If you, maybe you're like, but I have a son. <laughs> Give him a word of wisdom. Or a word of knowledge. Man, you're sitting up at the Starbucks or you're walking down aisle seven in Walmart. Come on, Wiggins. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you run into somebody you haven't seen in a while. And all of a sudden, as you're talking to them, the Lord drops through the Holy Spirit a word of knowledge, something about this person's life that God sees and wants to help them with. And you humbly, broken, say, man, I, I don't want to be weird, but because, you know, sometimes it can seem that way. But I believe God's showing me this about you and, and he wants you to know he loves you and he wants to bring healing into your life. And all of a sudden they begin to weep. I've had this happen. They begin to weep. How did you know that? And it was just God. Oh, that's a word of knowledge. And so to seek these gifts is so viable. Imagine, imagine. If God would use you this way, he will. Verse nine, the same spirit gives great faith. This is a faith without doubt and resolve. We all have faith. The Holy Spirit gives us a measure of faith. I've got faith to believe, but sometimes, can I be honest with you? Can I be authentic? Can I be honest? Sometimes I'm praying for people and, and, and I hope you love me after this, but sometimes I'm praying for people and though I believe, I have faith to believe God is able and willing. Sometimes in the back of my mind, even while I'm praying, I'm thinking, but I don't know that he will. I know, now y'all like, tune me out. Boop. 
No, I'm just being real. But there are people in this room that God has given a, a gift of faith that you're ready to charge hell with a water gun right now. Because you have a resolve, no doubt. And oftentimes that is a gift of faith. One of the gifts of the spirit that obviously we need as the church. To another, to someone else, uh, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. The gift of healing. I've never, I've prayed for people and they've been healed before. And I've never been around someone who has literally a gift of healing where they, they, Basically, everybody they pray for is healed, but there is a gift of healing. It's a gift. We should always pray for people, but there's a gift of healing. I'm not sure why we haven't seen it. Maybe it is truly because we just don't ask. Some of you here today, some of you watching here today in Long Beach and Wiggins, it would be good for you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you gifts and desire the gift of healing. Would it make sense that if you got sick in your body, you would go to the leadership and say, yes, I would like to get prayer. And the Bible tells us, right, Ken? The Bible tells us that if anyone's sick, bring them to the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil, lay hands on you and pray for healing, right? But wouldn't it be super cool if we had people we knew had the gift of healing, the Holy Spirit power to heal. And we bring them alongside and say, come on, under the covering of the shepherds of this church, we're believing for healing in your body and this person pray. The power of the Holy Spirit operating in the body of Christ to heal the body of Christ. That's what the gifts are for, to help, to help us, to help us. And another, the ability to prophesy. Prophecy. Prophecy is so important. Some of you have experienced it. Some of you haven't. Um, my wife and I, I will say this, Angela and I over the years have had the, the, the awesome privilege of praying for a lot of people. Uh, Pastor Van back in the day and even Pastor Jordan now has allowed us to, to minister in the Freedom Weekends, we used to call them encounters, uh, but also just in church services and prayer and worship services to be able to pray for people. I love to pray for people. And it doesn't always happen, but there are many times where I'm praying with people and I'm praying a prayer of faith with them for their certain dilemma or their challenge that they're facing in life. And all of a sudden, God will give me something extra for them, something that I did not know, something, and, it's, and it could be a word of wisdom or knowledge sometimes, but oftentimes it's just prophecy. And, and I usually will be very humble about it, broken about it and say, hey, look, I'm gonna share this with you. And I, I just, I believe God's wanting to encourage you in this and I'll give them this prophecy. And I have had many, many times people come back to me months later, years later even, somebody run into somebody down, it was all eight of Walmart, all eight of Walmart. Uh, and they said, Pastor Mike, you may not remember this. You prayed for me years ago and you said something. Uh, you didn't know about it, but you said something and it was so true in my life. And God has since changed that in my life and, and set me free or healed me. And I mean, that's so encouraging to know that God would use simple people like us in the supernatural Pray for the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the capital S spirit of God or from another little s spirit. We shared in week one of this series how every ideology, every, every worldview is fueled by spirits. Everything we see in society today, the left, the right, the up, the down, Everything we see is fueled by little less spirits. More now than ever, we must have discernment to hear the Holy Spirit concerning our lives and our families and the direction of our lives, our finances, our churches, our communities. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. 
Verse 10, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. I was a part one time, one time we were getting ready to do uh, an encounter. And some of you were there. I'm looking around the room and I see some of you were there. And this is the only time I've ever experienced this in in my 26 years of being at Northwood Church, uh, but even since I was saved. But we were in a pre-meeting meeting. We were praying and we had been praying for a little while. And I felt this impression I mean, we were leaning in, praying. I felt like God wanted to use me to give uh, a word in tongues. I'd never done that before. And I was a little concerned. I was nervous. I'm like, you know, what if, what if I miss it? Uh, what if there's no interpreter? What if I'm pressured to interpret? Am I going to make something up? No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But I mean, I'm, 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 I'm wrestling here. So I, I submitted it to Pastor Van at the time who was leading the meeting. And I, I said, Pastor Van, I've never done this before, but I feel like God wants to use me to give a word in tongues. And he gave me permission. He, he, he acknowledged and said, Mike, go ahead. And so I did. And the whole time I was giving, I was even nervous that, that there would be an interpreter. And sure enough, when I got done and handed him, I, I think it was a microphone. If not, it was just, I, I looked up and said, I'm done. A man sitting down to my left, who was prone before God praying, he, he raised up and he said, I understood everything you said verbatim. And he began to share exactly what I had given in tongues. He began to share it. And it was all about the meeting we were going into and how God wanted to use us in power and use us to deliver uh, the oppressed and to heal the sick. And it was just an amazing combination, scriptural, biblical combination of the gifts of the spirit of, of giving a word in unknown languages while another has the ability to interpret you know, um, when we talk about tongues and, and, and you look at the broader church over the generations, tongues has been one of those amazingly controversial topics. Even still today, there are churches, denominations that have been formed because one believed in tongues and one didn't believe in tongues and the disagreements within the whole idea, the concept of tongues, it's, it's, so, it's so tense. Some believe that you need tongues to get to heaven. I just heard a story last week. A man shared with me about his father who passed away earlier this year. And he said that he was in a church that taught you had to speak in tongues to go to heaven. And maybe some of you here today, maybe some of you watching here today, maybe that's how you grew up. And that his father didn't speaking tongues, and he lived under, and this is the man's words, he lived under condemnation for 60 plus years. That is so evil. And then there's those on the other end that said that tongues are of the devil, (laughs) which is not scriptural. I mean, why would God talk about them in the Bible and then be from the devil? Did the devil fool God? No. There's such an extreme contrast with what people believe. Probably one of the greatest tensions concerning tongues is what we describe as, or some describe as evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's saying God 
we need evidence. You're going to have to prove that person is filled. We need evidence. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'll say this very respectfully. And, I, and I've, actually, I've, I've actually been one of those guys that have taught that back in the day. The Bible, Bible doesn't describe that as if anything, the Bible would challenge that and say that that is backwards thinking. To say to God, I need evidence? Who are you to need evidence? How about the Holy Spirit drew me? The Holy Spirit regenerated me by the power of heaven. How about the Holy Spirit sealed me? How about the Holy Spirit indwells me and then the Holy Spirit fills me with gifts, fills me with gifts. But there's yet a contrast. There's a conflict. I'm indwelled by the Holy Spirit because the Bible says I am. You know, I've... I've led a lot of people in the sinner's prayer and I've watched a lot of people give their lives to Christ. And I've seen a lot of people in their salvation experience have an emotional experience, weeping, brokenness. And yet I've watched some people and, and I would even say some of you even in the room today or watching online that I've watched you give your life to Christ and there wasn't an emotional experience. And there's a temptation to challenge that and say, well, because you didn't cry or because you didn't weep or because you didn't whatever, fill in the blank, that you really didn't get saved. And what's happening in that moment is that we're shifting the responsibility of their salvation onto us instead of trusting what the word of God says from God about the salvation experience. Is God faithful to forgive or not? Okay, so that's salvation, but in the same manner, In the same manner, are we going to challenge whether or not the Holy Spirit indwells, like the Bible says? If the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell, they're not saved. Because the Bible says he indwells, he's our seal. That make sense? Now, at Northwood, we do not believe that speaking in tongues is the only evidence of being baptized or indwelled as we just shared by or in the Holy Spirit. We are continuationists and we do believe in tongues. We just don't believe that tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. According to the Bible, we believe tongues are one of many gifts of the Spirit. Now I just read 1 Corinthians about tongues and interpretation of tongues. And that's one form of tongues where, like I shared my story, where in that meeting where I gave a word in tongues and somebody interpreted that tongues, it was together like a prophecy. It built up the body of Christ in that moment. And then there's another tongues mentioned. Paul talks about it. Um, We see it in the book of Acts where it's a prayer language, a prayer language that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, Paul tells us the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, whereas a word of tongues with interpretation 
of tongues is building up the body. So you can see the two different uses. But a word, uh, an, I mean, a uh, prayer language builds up, according to verse four, it builds up himself. Some of you in this room, some of you watching here today, you have experienced this gift, this prayer language. And that is wonderful. Some of you have not experienced this gift. And that does not mean that you are a second class Christian or that you're doing something wrong or right. And what we wanna be careful of as believers is setting a class system. And it's easy to do if we're not careful. I said it earlier, without clarity, we drift towards selfishness. We drift towards religion. Now listen to me, please. The temptation sometimes is to say, well, you know, I experienced that gift and you should too. And, and I think all the gifts we should. And matter of fact, that's, that's why I'm preaching this today, right? But if you don't, I have to be very careful. I have to be very careful that I don't look at you as less than because right there, I'm grieving the heaven. God's not looking at any of us as first class or second class. Does he say that in the Bible? First class, second class? I don't think so. I'm regenerated, I'm sealed, I am infilled and dwell with the Holy Spirit and you are too. We're all on a level playing field. And we're preaching this here today so that you get hungry for more. That you get hungry to lean in and experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. To be filled with gifts. And I have to read the next scripture because it ties right in here. Well, wait, before I do that. Uh, last week we preached a similar uh, message about the Holy Spirit. And as the pastors, we received several messages from people in our, in our church, some of them from Long Beach, some from Wiggins, some from Gulfport, thanking us for sharing what we did about the Holy Spirit because, and particularly about tongues, because um, as one person shared with me that they desired so bad to speak in tongues and yet they couldn't. And this is the text that said, I condemn myself for years. Someone else said the same thing. Someone else said the same thing. Someone else said the same thing. I don't believe in any way that any of us, our motive would be to condemn people. Yet because we have, we have to back up and we have to look at the text. We have to look at the scripture and analyze our motives and get clarity Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse five. I wish you could all speak in tongues. He said, I wish you could all speak in tongues. Let me say it again. He said, I wish that you could all speak in tongues. But he didn't say, you need to all speak in tongues. Or you should all speak in tongues. He said, I wish you could. Does that lead you to believe that some don't? Not everyone does. I'll say one last thing about this and, and then I'm gonna move on. I've had an experience with the Holy Spirit. And I respect that many of you in this room right now have had experiences with the Holy Spirit. But we wanna be very careful not to define our beliefs by our experiences. I respect your experience. I love you and I respect your experiences. I can speak for Pastor Jordan and the whole staff. We love you and respect your experiences. 
I've got them too. But I'm going to tell you, when we start defining our beliefs by our experiences, we're in trouble. We define our beliefs by the word of God, by the truth of the Bible. Our experiences can validate the truth, but they do not define truth. That makes sense? And so when you read the word, I mean, you can, you can fillet the word with a fillet knife and get it to say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, what is truth? And now, how do we live out that truth? How do we live out that truth? Verse 11 in chapter 12, to conclude the charisma gifts, this is, it says, it is the, uh, the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He alone decides. It says, he alone decides what gifts each person should have. So there's charisma gifts. Then there's serving gifts. Romans chapter 12 gives us a list of serving gifts. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, we talked about prophecy already, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse seven, if your gift is serving others, come on, where's my servers in here? Hospitality, it's in me. Come on, I wanna serve people. The gift of the Holy Spirit empowers you to serve people, to go above and beyond. Host people at your house. Some of you hate people. (laughs) But not everybody. And if you don't, pray. Give me a serving gift, God, and some of you have. And, And look, he's helping you to serve others. Serve them well. This speaks of tasks. Benefiting others at your own expense. It's a good thing. If you're a teacher, teach well, not just from a pulpit. Sometimes, well, I'm a teacher, pastor. When can I get on the pulpit? Mm, Can't answer that. You know, a teacher makes the complex things simple. Some of you, some of you have the gift of teaching. Now listen to me. Come on, Long Beach. Come on, Wiggins. Come on, come on, go for it. If you have a gift to teach, step up. There's opportunities all around you. First of all, you, you, if you got the gift to teach, you're using it already. You're teaching your kids. You're teaching your family. You know, um, I'm thinking of Angela early on. I, I, I didn't know about the gift of teaching, but I would come home from work one day and after all day long contemplating one scripture that I read that morning, I would expound it to her. And it was like, like using a fire hose. Blah, and she would be like hair back and eyeballs watering. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and she, she, she was the recipient, but I'm like, I, I had to teach. <laughs> I had to get it out of me, man. Listen to what God showed me today. Boom, there it was. Come on, you need to do that. You need to be leading a small group, man. You got to get to teaching. Teach some men. Men are desperate to be taught. Women are desperate to be taught. And you've got the gift of teaching. Let's help one another. Verse eight, if your gift is to encourage others, to comfort, support others, be encouraging. Y'all know what that means, right? If it is giving, come on. Now is the preacher. If it is giving, <laughs> give generously. I will tell you, God loves a cheerful giver. It's not that he doesn't love the rest of you. Stingy people, but he loves a cheerful giver. He does. He does. I'm just going to say, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you can motivate people into action, if you have a heart to shepherd people, begin shepherding people and, 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 and use the gift of leadership. Uh, and if you have a gift to show kindness 
to others, do it gladly. That's mercy. Not everybody has that gift and that's okay. But to show mercy to others is so, so very important. So these are just two groups of gifts. There's other gifts listed in, in the Bible, but, but these are two groups of gifts that I believe that God wants to use in Northwood Church. We believe as pastors that God wants to use in our church today. And we want you to be excited about seeking out the presence of the Holy Spirit and the, and the power to do gifts, to serve other people, to be excited about that and seek it. Spiritual gifts are to be desired, discovered, developed, and deployed. Tonight and this week in our sermon-based small groups, we're gonna be breaking that open, what it looks like to desire, discover, develop, and deploy spiritual gifts. I encourage you to be a part of that. But let me, let me, I'm not done. I'm not done. Paul continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's known as the love chapter, right? You can't just say love chapter. You gotta say the love chapter. I grew up in the 70s, 80s where there was the love boat. Y'all remember that? Come on. Frankie, you remember the love boat. He says this in chapter 13, verse one. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, come on, preaching Jesus right now. And if I have all these things, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have, come on, gift of givers. And if I deliver up my body to be burned, a martyr, but have not love, I gain nothing. The Holy Spirit is our helper and he gives us gifts, but there's another thing the Holy Spirit gives us that is equally important and, and you need to understand the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. In Galatians chapter five, a few verses it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, read it with me, everybody. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. What does it mean? What does it mean to have the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Jesus told us in John 14, I'm going to, I'm going to send another helper. Actually, he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I'm going to send you a helper. He obviously knew we needed help. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives is simply that. It's the fruit of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The byproduct of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Your inability to stop sinning is more of an indictment of your relationship with the Holy Spirit than it is your ability to stop sinning. If you begin to understand what it means to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will begin to understand that the closer you are to him, the more his fruit is evident in your life. Fruit's on the end of the limb. Fruit's not in the root. The root is in the Holy Spirit. The fruit is a byproduct of that relationship. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You may have tried, but 
Honestly, we cannot obey his commandments by our sheer will alone. We must have the Holy Spirit. I will say this with confidence today. This is both from the word and my experience that the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Before I knew about the Holy Spirit, before anybody had ever told me about the Holy Spirit, I was convicted and I was regenerated and I was sealed and I was indwelled and I was on fire for God. My life was transformed from one day to another. And that may not be your experience. Don't believe your belief on your experiences. But that was my story. And I never heard of the Holy Spirit, but I was transformed. I needed nothing else. I was on my way to heaven riding my white horse. Get out of the way. That's just a reference from the book of Revelations. I threw away all the things in my life that were wrong. Everybody around me said, you're different. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They saw something different. Fruit in my life. What should others see? Fruit in your life. I speak in tongues but I'm mean as all get out. Yeah. My family hates me because I'm angry all the time and I holler at them. But I spoke in tongues this morning. Ah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm meddling. I, I should stop. Paul just talked about that in 1 Corinthians 13. If I have not love, what am I? We want to be able to truly see and say in our lives, taste and see that the Lord is good. From my life on aisle 10 of Walmart, when I bump into that buddy from high school, that they could see in my life, taste and see, they could experience just by being around me, the fruit of the spirit, the things we just read on the screen, the love, the joy, the peace. We must become more aware of his presence in our lives. Church, we must become more aware of his presence in our lives. What does the Holy Spirit do through me? The Holy Spirit works through me to glorify God and to build the church. Starting next week at Northwood Church, we're going to begin, what do you believe about the church? And we're gonna spend the whole month of November cracking that open. It's going to be exciting. We're going to talk about ecclesiology and missiology. We're going to talk about uh, the, the, the methodology of how we do church. We're going to talk about how to be a disciple, how to make disciples. You don't want to miss. It's like eating a bowl of Fruit Loops, man. It's like, I got to have another. Is that just me? I'm sorry. It's going to be good. But in order to understand your role in the church, you got to become more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence. Pray with me, come on, at our locations here in the room. Father, I, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for a team, staff. I thank you for a church that loves God. God, we are so jacked up, yet we have you. You love us even though 
We are who we are. We do what we do. We've done what we've done. And yet you love us. And you sent your Holy Spirit to help us. And sometimes we take that for granted and think that we can do this thing on our own and, and we can't. And so today we're reminded of how grateful we are for your Holy Spirit, our helper. The third person of the Trinity, God himself here with us and here in us as believers to confirm that we are yours and that you are ours. We pray today for us, for individually or for our lives, that we would be more aware of your presence, Holy Spirit, every day. That when we, would, when we wake up in the morning, we would say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to do today? Instead of inviting you along on our journey, that we would wake up each day and say, can we come on yours? Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see the things that break your heart. Open our eyes to see the things in our lives that we need to fix. Help us to see the standard of righteousness that Jesus set for us. Help us to understand our Jesus and his great love for us. Holy Spirit, today we invite you to fill us fresh, just like we see over and over in the Bible, to fill us fresh and with that, would you give us gifts? Gifts to serve people, to build up the body, to reach the lost. Come on, pray that. Make that your prayer today. Holy Spirit, would you give us gifts? Empower us to live our lives, to glorify Jesus in all that we do today. Come on, in this room, nobody's looking around. Long Beach, Wiggins, nobody's looking around right now. You may be at home right now and the presence of the Holy Spirit is right there with you. And if you have not given your life to Jesus, if, if when I illustrated earlier about how he draws and regenerates and seals and indwells and you're like, that's not me, but I want that. He's drawing you today. If that's you today, I wanna help you today. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer of repentance to help you say yes to Jesus. If that's you, at all of our locations online, just say something like this. Say, Father, please forgive me for my sins. Say this, say, I turn from them today and I ask you to save me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Say, Father, I ask you, would you teach me to know Jesus and his love for me? And one more thing. Father, I give you all of me today and I receive all of you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, if you said that prayer today, God's word tells us if we believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins and we'll confess it with our mouth that we would be saved. God is faithful even when we're not. He is faithful to forgive our sins. Come on. Give it up for those who made decisions today. Come on, all of our locations. Give it up for those who've made decisions today. Awesome. Oh man, what a good day, right? Powerful message, deep, rich 
message from Pastor Mike. I'm so thankful for it. Uh, Y'all, my name's Jessica. I'm one of the volunteers here at Northwood Church. And before we dismiss today, I have a couple of things I want to share with you guys. Um, At the beginning of the message, Tom mentioned a way that we want those of you that just prayed that prayer to connect with us. In the seat pocket right in front of you, there's the Next Steps card. Just take it out of the seat pocket, fill it out, and you can turn it in at our Next Steps area. There's a few people back there that can take that card from you. Or look, maybe today you didn't pray that prayer. You already know God, but you're new here at Northwood Church or you've been here for a couple weeks, but you haven't really gotten plugged in and connected with us. We want you to fill this card out too. Just check on the box here on the card that you're new to Northwood. Drop it off at our Next Steps area. We highly encourage you guys to do that. We wanna help you really take your next step with God and here at Northwood Church. Now on the back side of the card, it says, pray for me. If you have a prayer request, something that you need agreement on, we want you guys to pour your prayer out on this card and again, turn it in at the Next Steps area and our prayer team will pray over this card. They'll pray over your prayer requests for you. Um, If you do feel comfortable, well, actually, we are gonna have our prayer team right up front here as we dismiss. Um, They'll have masks on and we'll do a little social distancing. But if you feel comfortable enough, come on up and avail yourself to our prayer team. Uh, Let them pray with you, connect together. And uh, it's just something that we want all of you to make sure that you know it's here before you leave today. Another thing I want to encourage you guys on is giving. We're a giving church and we're able to be a giving church because all of you give, right? Like Pastor Mike said, you're not stingy. We're a giving church, right? We're going to give today. And I want to tell you guys, you know, we, we are able to give to so many organizations. One of them that we give to plants churches all over the globe. And we're a part of that. It's called Surge. And we've connected and partnered with Surge for over 20 years. They're planting churches, like I said, all over the globe. And their main focus is to plant churches in areas that have never heard the name Jesus before. They plant churches, they build up uh, Christian communities and really build disciples that are gonna stay there long term. And so we love connecting with them, uh, partnering with them so that what we do here at Northwood Church and the giving, it spreads the gospel and the church all over the globe. So highly encourage you guys to continue giving so that we can continue spreading the gospel all over the world and supporting organizations that are doing that in all, all the different places. There's two ways you can give here at Northwood. They're probably on the screen behind me. You can mail in a check here to the Gulfport campus or you can give online. That's what I do. It's super easy. Um, also want to, we have a need. We have a need here at Northwood Church and it has to do with volunteers in the kids ministry. If there are women in the room and you feel like you're ready to step up and you're ready to give of your time a little bit, we are in need of kids ministry volunteers um, just for the zero to four. So it's strictly women, but we need some help on getting that rotation um, beyond just the every other week. So um, if you guys would avail yourselves to that, we we need to get these babies into the children's ministry and um, keep that flowing on a really good rotation. So um, that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for being here at Northwood Church with us today. We'll see you guys next week.